let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to study your word. Lord, I just pray that you make me just a nail upon the wall, Lord, and hang a portrait of Jesus Christ upon that nail. I don't want to be seen tonight. Instead, Father God, let all that is heard, all that is seen, be Jesus Christ. This is our prayer in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. We're going to go to the book of Acts, the 12th chapter. The message again is entitled After the Lockdown, Acts chapter 12, starting at verse 1. And this is um, really more of a vesper thought uh, in talking about uh, what we do after this uh, pandemic um, and after the lockdowns. Acts 12 and verse 1 says, Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. Because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. And those are the days of unleavened bread. So at about the time of Passover, Herod the king, who, when you read the spirit of prophecy, this is not the same Herod who took the head of John the Baptist. Um, this is a different Herod. And he uh, took over, and, he, and the spirit of prophecy and history tells us that he was very diligent in keeping the laws of the Jews he pretended outwardly to be a very faithful Jew in, in, all, of its, in all of the ceremonies. And so he, he, it's, it's not clear whether or not he really hated the Christians or not, especially not the apostles. But what is clear is that when the Jews, when he, whatever, whatever pleased the Jews, he wanted their adoration. He wanted their allegiance. And so whatever made them happy. And so he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. John was in, uh, sorry, James was in prison. And he sent an assassin into the prison and killed James in cold blood. The Jews were actually angry. Don't miss this. The Jews were actually angry that it wasn't a more public execution. And so he grabbed Peter and he held Peter so that after the Passover, he could actually take Peter and do a more public uh, 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 execution in order to really please the Jews. Verse 4 says, and when he had apprehended him, when he took Peter, he put Peter in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers. That's 16 soldiers were put in charge of watching Peter to keep him intending after. This says Easter. This is one of the few times in the Bible the, 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 the King James Version is a little off because that should say Passover or Pasach, but intending after uh, Passover to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. But I want you to see verse 5. While Peter's in prison, the people are quarantined, hiding. The Bible says, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Lesson number one. During the lockdown, we should be praying without ceasing. They were praying for Peter nonstop. The church is praying, praying. Acts 12 verse five says praying constantly. And I want to tell you that a lot of us are in trouble because we're not praying the way we ought to. We're scared to pray. We don't pray with fervor. Jesus says you have not because you ask not. We, a lot of us pray scary prayers, whimsical prayers. I'm telling you to pray with power, pray with detail, go on your knees and call on the name of God, understanding that your father cares for you. And not just by yourself, as a church family, as bodies of believers, we ought to come together in prayer. 
They prayed without ceasing for him. They would not stop praying for him. They were diligent and purposeful in praying for Peter. James had been killed, one of the, one of the strong founding apostles. And now they were worried Peter would go the same way. So the church prayed. I want, to, I, want you, I want you to know whatever it is you're going through tonight, whether you've lost your job in this pandemic, whether your marriage is suffering because of this pandemic, whether your marriage or your job was in trouble before the pandemic, I'm telling you that prayer changes things. And I'm telling you that no matter how bad things get, call on the name of the Lord. And when you can't pray no more, call your prayer warrior friends and have them call on the name of God. Verse 6, and when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and the keepers before the door kept the prison. I want you to see this. I want you to visualize this. What happens is Herod had heard of how the apostles has escaped before. And so he not he sent 16 of the strongest, finest, most trained soldiers to guard just Peter. Now watch this. The prison that they had him in was a carved out piece of stone. Iron was used to 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 fasten into the ground the bars that kept Peter. And there were layers of bars or, 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 and doors that he would have to get out of. He was at the farthest point inside. And in order to make sure that Peter would not escape, what Herod did is he, he chained, he had the soldiers chained to the arms of Peter. They're handcuffed together is the way we'd say it today. And, and I've read once that they left their dominant hand free. So if they were both right-handed, one soldier was chained left hand to Peter's right hand facing the same direction as Peter. The other one was chained left hand to left hand of Peter, the left hand of the soldier to the left hand of Peter facing away from Peter, the opposite direction. And he would, and each of them had their strong hand free in case Peter tried to escape. They would be able to take a knife and stab Peter, their sword, with their sword. The other soldiers were put inside and outside of each gate. And that's the way it was set up so that there was no physical possible way Peter could escape. You know what the spirit of prophecy says? The spirit of prophecy says man's extremity is God's opportunity. In fact, I would argue, I think almost God enjoys liberating his people when they are in the most dire straits. Like Daniel in the lion's den. The three Hebrew boys in the furnace or Elijah being chased by Jezebel. I could go on and on in the scripture. Let me tell you something. If you are in a situation as you're listening to this message and you can't figure your way out of it, if you have no idea how God is going to set things up, I want you to understand the more difficult your circumstances, the more able your God is. They had him chained up. Prisoners, they had guards at the door, verse 7 says, and behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him and a light shined in the prison and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up saying, arise up quickly and his chains fell off from his hands. Don't miss this. First of all, one of the things that's, that's, that I like in this is that when, when, the, when the angel gets in there, Peter is asleep. Peter is so, so asleep that the angel has to tap him. He has to actually touch Peter and wake him up. The Bible says he smote Peter on the side and lifted him up and says, listen, get up quickly. Now, here's what's interesting. Church, when it seemed as if Peter was most bound, he's told to get up and the chains fall off all by themselves. 
And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. Peter was fast asleep. Sleeping, knowing that a public execution is what was next. But here's how could Peter sleep so soundly between two soldiers when he was about to be put to death? Let me tell you something, church. The sleep of the saints ought to be sweet. Because you get to trust in a Jesus that no matter how bad your situation is, you ought not be disturbed in your rest. Yes, the soldiers were there, but the angels were also there. Spirit of Prophecy tells us that the angels of God were watching over the church and over Peter particularly. And so the angel steps into the room, slaps Peter on the sides, get up, put on your clothes, gird yourself, put on your sandals. And the chains fell off. The angel was so careful that he even told him to put on a garment, like put on a jacket. And as if to say, it's chilly outside. And verse 9, and he went out and followed him and wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. Peter was in such sound sleep that even as he's moving out with the angel, Peter thinks he's in vision. He doesn't even realize he is getting liberated. Verse 10 says, when they were past the first and the second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leads unto the city. Every gate that they got to, the spirit of prophecy tells us that there were soldiers on either side. And, 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 and miraculously, the gates swung open, silently making no noise. Peter and the angel walked through and behind them, each gate locked silently. The soldiers never saw them, never heard them, never saw anything. They went through one gate like that. They went through the second gate like that. And they came unto the iron gate that leads unto the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and passed on, on through one street and forthwith the angel departed from him. When Peter was awoken in the cell, it was dark and gloomy. But when he woke up, there was this bright heavenly light coming from the angel. That light guided them. The angel was able to light up the path as they walked out, as the doors opened by themselves and closed by themselves. And as Peter found himself in the streets, the spirit of prophecy tells us that as the angel departed, it was as if Peter was left in extreme darkness. But then his eyes adjusted. And Peter realized he was in a familiar part of the city that he'd been in before. In fact, he had expected that when it's time for him to be put to death, he'd have passed that spot for the one last time in his life. Verse 11 says, and when Peter was come to himself, he said, now I know of a surety that the Lord has sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. Let me tell you something, church. There's some folk that expect to do you harm. Some folk that expect to, to set you back. My Bible tells me that no weapon formed against me will prosper. I challenge you tonight that if you're going through something and during this lockdown, all of the, of the animosity and, and anger that others might have had towards you, I want you to understand that if you stand on God's side, that, that, that just like Peter, you'll be able to say that you have escaped all the expectations of your enemies. I don't know what you're going through. And it's sad because sometimes our enemies are those who ought to love us. Sometimes it's family members. Sometimes it's spouses, even children. Uh, but I want you to know that if you are in Christ Jesus, 
God can deliver you from the expectations of your enemies. And as you're in this lockdown, I want you to begin to read the scripture and understand that you cannot be bound the way the world wants to bind you unless you allow the world to hold you. The angel of God still visits the houses of Christians. It still sets us free, not just from the chains that others would put on us, but I want, don't miss this church, but the angel of God, and especially, I should say, the Holy Spirit particularly, still will set you free from even the chains we have put on ourselves. So I challenge you, in the darkness of your prison experience, as we are in this lockdown, I want you to begin to expect the liberation that comes from knowing God like Peter did. Verse 12 says, And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. Peter finds his way to the house where, where, um, where, um, where all of the, the disciples and all of the rest, some of the other believers were. Here these people are praying for him, have been praying without ceasing. Peter knocks on the door of the gate and a little girl hears him and runs. The little girl's name is Rhoda. She runs over and she, when she knew it was Peter's voice, Peter said, listen, let me in. Rhoda, let me in. She didn't open the gate. She was so excited, the Bible says in verse 14. She ran in and she told everyone that was praying for Peter's liberation. She runs in and tells them who are praying for Peter's liberation, Peter's outside. Verse 15, and they said unto her, you're crazy. Thou art mad, is what the King James Version says. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then they said, it is his angel. They said, listen, it can't be Peter. Here's how crazy it is when some of us pray. Some of us pray for God's blessing. And when God sends the blessing, we don't recognize that God is giving us what we've prayed for. They were so busy praying for Peter's release, they forgot to believe he could actually be released. Some of us are like that. You're going through a problem and you've been praying for a solution. There are people who pray for a job and somebody offers a job and say, you know, that job's not good enough for me. You want an opportunity to start a business? That's not good enough for me. You pray for a spouse, that person's not good enough for you. And you don't realize God has sent you exactly what you need in that moment. They didn't realize God had sent them what they had asked for, but they were so busy praying. They maybe they expected some crazy thing to happen. And for Peter, be they didn't realize God could sneak into the prison, leave everything intact and extract Peter out of the prison without making a, any kind of ruckus. So here they are praying for Peter, but not accepting that Peter's at the door. Verse 16 says, but Peter continued knocking. When they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Isn't it crazy? You're praying for something, and when you see it, you're shocked. Verse 17, but he beckoning unto them, which, that, which them with the hand to hold their peace, declared unto them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, go show these things unto James and to the brethren. And he departed and went into another place. Now, as soon as it was day, so Peter's free. He goes away and he tells them, listen, go tell, go tell the others. And he went to another place. And it seems like the story would end. But the story just gets started because I want you to know that while you've been in lockdown 
And I don't just mean the lockdown of this pandemic. I mean, if you've been in the lockdown of sin, if you've been in the lockdown of addiction, the lockdown of sexual sin, if you've been trapped uh, by your vices, I want you to know that the devil who's been trying to trap you, the per people who've been trying to destroy you, that God has, God has something for them too. Look at verse 18. Now, as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers as to what was become of Peter. Can you imagine the next morning? As the soldiers had been sleeping, nothing had changed. According to them, none of the gates had been opened. The two soldiers in that inner cell probably slept the night away in peace. When the sun comes up in the morning, the soldiers are scrambling. Where is Peter? Because by giving charge to these soldiers, their life is given in exchange for his. Verse 19. And when Herod had sought for him and found him not, so they started to search for him. He examined the keepers, these soldiers, and he commanded that they should be put to death. And he went down to Judea, to Caesarea, from Judea to Caesarea, and there he abode. Look at verse 20. Herod was highly displeased with them of Tyre and Sidon. They came with one accord to him, and having made Blastus the king's chamberlain their friend, desired peace, because their country was nourished by the king's country. And upon a set day, Herod arrayed in royal apparel. Herod comes out in the finest clothes. Sat upon his throne and made an oration unto them. He gave this speech. And I, I would imagine that Herod was an incredible public speaker. I would imagine he had the cult of personality. That he could influence people. And when he started to speak, verse 22, the people, the Jews gave a shout saying, it is the voice of a God and not of a man. Herod should have denounced this, but he accepted the worship of these men. And I want you to know, church, that Babylon is fallen. It's fallen, it's fallen. We talked a lot in, our, in the series on the, the pandemic of persecution about the little horn. Let me tell you something. The day will come that this, this little horn that has presented itself as if it is God sitting in the place of God, that one day it will pay its fee for what it has done in the world. Revelation 18 says that Babylon is fallen. It is fallen. It will fall. And we are to get out before it does. Herod is, is almost like typed to that. He stands in his royal gowns and, and uh, royal robes and, and they shout out, it's a God, it's not a man. The spirit of prophecy tells us that the same angel that liberated Peter is this, and smote Peter on the side to wake him up and lift him up and get him out of the prison is the same angel that, that smites Herod. But he's, he, the, this smiting is a different kind of hit. Immediately the angel of the Lord smote him because he have gave not God the glory. And the rest of the verse says, and he was eaten of worms, gave up the ghost. The Bible says that Herod didn't give God glory. And I want to I want to leave this with you as you as we all prepare to come out of lockdown. When this is all over, the world is going to say that it was great public health. It was maybe some medical treatments, maybe a vaccine. They're not going to realize that if it wasn't for the four angels holding back the winds of strife, that these pandemics could be a lot worse. Wait till when after probation closes and the seven last plagues fall on this world. Can you imagine the terror and the turmoil that is going to reach this world? 
So the world is never going to give God the glory. In fact, they, they, they harp on evolution and, and, and science falsely so-called uh, in order to justify how they live and what they do. Well, my Bible tells me as Herod is standing there, and this is, let me tell you something, don't worry about your enemies. They'll be taken care of. Peter didn't have to worry about Herod. As he stood there and sat there and he accepted the worship as if he was a god. My Bible tells me that worms began to come out of Peter's flesh and eat him. And he died right there in front of all those. Can you imagine how aghast and horrified the crowd was that this beautiful Herod, as he was standing there in his kingly robes, looking so dapper and making such a great oration, can you imagine as he stands there brighter than any star in Hollywood? having more followers on Twitter than anybody. You imagine when Herod stands there and the worms begin to come from his flesh. His breathing becomes difficult. He begins to cry out in agony. He was Just a minute earlier, he was giving a great speech. Now he gives a great cry. And in front of the crowd, Herod drops dead. And this was a way for God to tell the Jews the God that Peter served could take him from out of a prison under the watch of 16 incredible soldiers. The God that Peter served was able to have him escape even when he was chained to two soldiers. The God that Peter served was able to move him through that prison and out into the street without making a sound. And Herod, who wanted worship, couldn't even save himself. Let me tell you something, church. They might turn their backs on God in this country and in this world. One day they will have to pay. One day they will have to answer. Herod here drops dead. And look at what verse 24 says. In order to make the point, verse 24 of Acts 12 says, but the word of God grew and multiplied. The word of God grew and multiplied. Herod dropped down, but the word of God grew. Let me tell you something, church. We're in the last days. And there are many people who think there's no way we're going to be able to finish this work. There are parts of the world that you just can't get into, that you'll never be able to preach in. Places like North Korea and other parts of the world. Let me tell you something. When God is ready, the last events will be rapid ones. I talked about this in an earlier part in the series about how the Soviet Union fell so quickly. And I, I forgot to mention in that message that after the Soviet Union fell, the gospel went pouring into the former Soviet Union. Many came to know Jesus Christ just like that from atheism to many believers. Let me tell you something. We watched it happen in the Soviet Union. We have watched it happen uh, in parts of the world where, where, other, relig where other religious beliefs were, 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 were the norm. We have seen the gospel go in and quickly go in and set up shop. And when the seed is planted, the, the gospel blooms. I've, I've preached in communist countries and I've made appeals. And I can tell you that many will come rushing to the front. It is just, uh, just take a moment. And just as Herod went down, just like that, some of these regimes will go down just like that so that there's time for the gospel to be preached because Matthew 24 tells us uh, that this gospel will be preached in all the world as a witness and then shall the end come. It will happen. The Soviet Union is, is an is, is a example of how God can move quickly to change the world. But guess what? It's our job 
to be prepared to go into India and into China and into North Korea. It's our job to go into, uh, one day go into North Africa and the Middle East, to go into other parts of the world uh, and even back into America, Europe, Australia, parts of the world where secularism and humanism have become the theology. And I'm telling you that the word of God will grow and multiply again. I hope that while you've been in this lockdown, you've been preparing as Peter and those disciples were preparing to preach the gospel and finish the work. Because my Bible tells me in Acts 12 and verse 24 that after Herod dropped, the word of God grew and it multiplied. After the lockdown, let's get ready because we may only have a short time to tell the world about the Jesus who saves. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to study your word. Lord, I pray that after the lockdown, we'll be ready. We'll be more spiritually keen, that we'll be in a better place spiritually to share your gospel. Lord, I pray for all of those around the world that are preaching the three angels' messages, that are telling of the love of Jesus, the power of his blood, the fact that we can gain victory over sin and that he will wash our sins away in his blood and he'll remember them no more. Lord, I ask for Holy Ghost power that it be sent to every ministry, every minister, every missionary, every layman and laywoman working to finish spreading the gospel so we can all go home. Father God, move upon this world the way you need to. So that, Lord, this work can be finished. You said, Lord, for the elect's sake, for the elect's sake, this time would be shortened. Lord, we're ready to go home. This is our prayer in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.